Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Fei Wu, your host for the Phase World Podcast. Welcome to episode number 19. If you're new to my podcast, welcome and hope you subscribe and stay in touch today. Phase World Podcast is a platform where I ignite unsung heroes from every day and every walk of life. I hope they inspire you in a way that's relatable so that you could do it too. Myself included. Yes, it means that you can also start a podcast today. Good news is that I will be starting a new chapter on phaseworld.com where I share my process of starting and sustaining a podcast and some of the products I use as well. I welcome you to listen in, submit your feedback, and let me know the types of questions, podcast guests you would like to hear from next. My guest today is Bob Goodman. We met at Arnold Worldwide in Boston, where he served as the SVP, Director of User Experience. I had the pleasure to work with Bob on a few projects. I witnessed his stellar facilitation skills and user experience approach to various business challenges. Inviting Bob to my show was triggered by a constant thought in my mind when working with him. I always wished to carry a recorder so I could capture his speech and thinking process for tackling difficult situations completely at ease. I also admire his leadership and management philosophy. Bob always had others' best interests in mind without insisting on his own ideas and methodologies, and he's never too quick to jump to conclusions. In this 40-minute interview, you'll find out about what is UX or user experience, what has contributed to the rapid growth of UX, and why UX has been recognized as a critical discipline across multiple industries such as advertising, software development, product companies. How can one fresh out of school start or even consider UX as a career path? What are the common challenges associated with UX and how Bob advises you to tackle them strategically and emotionally? How has UX been integrated in advertising agencies and the type of activities and opportunities associated with the domain? If you're listening to this episode on your iPhone or Android phones, make sure to pay a visit to my website that is phaseworld.com. F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, where you can find show notes, other tools, and resources. Thank you so much for being my audience. Without further ado, please welcome Bob Goodman. Starting this conversation, I've given our audience a very brief intro of who you are, sort of painting a 360 picture of you in 30 seconds or, or a minute. Um, do you mind providing an update of um, you know, where you are now and what you're really excited about? <laughs> sure. So I am uh, experienced design slash creative director here at Mullen, which is a, a new role that I just started. Um, nice. really excited about it. But uh, in general, I've been doing uh, user experience design as a practitioner and or as a kind of manager director, um, really both in tandem for many years. But uh, 
about um, about 15 years uh, kind of in the UX um, uh, industry, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really uh, enjoy um, thinking about um, uh, kind of users and consumers and how they might uh, come at a, a product or service or platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, branding uh, in terms of how a, uh, the idea of a, a brand and its narrative actually interacts with end users and um, how uh, it can be kind of most relevant and, and useful to them. Mm-hmm. And I've done this kind of work as a consultant and also um, at uh, with startups. And I was at Microsoft for a while and then also at different uh, advertising agencies who were uh, thinking about and working hard on um, digital, uh, digital experience and digital offerings. Mm-hmm. So for... Part of my audience who might not be as familiar with UX, uh, user experience design, with the role it plays in an agency setting, how would you explain that? I find them to be challenging a lot of the times, uh, but I think many of us are overthinking the definition. Definitely. So uh, I guess, um, first of all, I guess the way I think of user experience design is um, an approach to uh, kind of uh, design technology and people that tries to make things uh, useful, usable, and engaging. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the qualities. Sometimes people swap a different word for the (laughs) word engaging, like delightful, (laughs) impactful, compelling. Mm -hmm. You can choose your own uh, adjective. And um, I I think of it as a practice that uh, goes back to... uh, late 60s, early 70s, uh, kind of a a Mm -hmm. commercial perspective on um, what's sometimes called human-computer interaction Mm -hmm. um, and ideas that were kicking around um, really at the dawn of personal computing, uh, especially in the West Coast at places like Xerox Park. Um, But um, I think it really uh, took hold as a a more um, sort of mainstream profession, uh, you know, with uh, really like the explosion of mobile and Mm -hmm. smartphones. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... uh, it's a, a kind of confusing discipline because people mm-hmm. think uh, think it's maybe graphic design, and it's uh, really starts more with, uh, to my mind, with architecture, uh, mm-hmm. like blueprints and and flows and uh, mapping user understanding and business strategy into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so people think it's might think it's graphic design, or they might think it's development, like mm-hmm. programming, mm-hmm. Um, and it really isn't. That's really, to my mind, yeah, best left to people that. Um, are like experts in that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh, people think that, um, yeah, or that people think that it's just uh, like web design, um, and or people think it's just research, or people think it's just strategy. So there's it's it's tough because <laughs> it's a, a kind of its own hybrid discipline, and it's kind mm-hmm. of young um, mm-hmm. itself as well. And then we take it into ad agencies to get back to you know your initial question. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's a challenge of the practice because. Um, at agencies, it, it means something also maybe a little different mm-hmm. because generally um, the uh, kind of uh, design considerations and aesthetics and kind of quality and tone of voice, these are thought of as uh, kind of purely part of a creative practice within an ad agency. Um, but I think what's happened as agencies really expanded their mission and their remit mm-hmm. with their asked to do by their clients, um, it uh, kind of goes beyond... Um, let's say, traditional storytelling or 
beyond um, you know television campaigns or by, beyond campaigns in general, mm-hmm. and it starts to say uh, how are we like engaging consumers um, in a way that's really relevant to them and lets them contribute in a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. It's an area I always think about that. It's been around for many, many years. As you mentioned, it's a concept that's already been there in the 60s and 70s, possibly earlier. And then I remember the agency I was with at the time in 08 or 2010, it has become you know, an official domain. And there was an announcement about it. There's hiring associated with it. What do you think is um, the trigger for really explicitly calling it UX or user experience design. And now there are even CXO, chief user experience <laughs> officer involved. Yeah, and, and there can be a lot of a, a lot of clutter and confusion to uh, like the terms and the kind of tags and like overlap. Um, so uh, I guess I, th- I think the reason that uh, that agencies, uh, why they are excited about it or why it's useful, uh, I mean, I think in part before that we saw, uh, you know, um, Silicon Valley really embracing this and startup really embracing this. So the technology firms um, really like innovating mm-hmm. through UX design. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly I think, um, you know, people think of Apple as a place that is sort of passionate about the end experience, however mm-hmm. they get there and whatever the, the roles are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I think that also uh, the what feels like the the complexity mm-hmm. of technology and its uh, you know pervasiveness and ubiquity mm-hmm. kind of sparked conversations about um, you know the new demands to mm-hmm. to be really useful and and um, have the best impact mm-hmm. for clients. I, I think that um, you know uh, brought agencies to really think about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think also just kind of success stories, um, it really can be like a, a really great bridging discipline that like unlocks, you know, mm-hmm. the investment and equity that like agencies already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our, our partners, you know, um, want, um, you know, uh, user experience design or customer experience design, or they want like holistic thinking brought mm-hmm. to bear on their challenges. And in, in many cases, you know, they're, they're trying to have that in-house, but also get, mm-hmm. get to that kind of like a service approach from their, um, you know, from their agencies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I guess another thing is just attention, mm-hmm. like uh, in a, it's an attention economy mm-hmm. and people's attentions are, um, you know, on their applications and on their mm-hmm. phones. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it's not necessarily um, always that easy to simply kind of buy their attention. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of earn their attention mm-hmm. by understanding them and designing things that are useful. Mm-hmm. So that creates a new kind of set of challenges mm-hmm. um, if I don't, if I haven't kind of like, um, you know, paid to receive your attention for a fixed time mm-hmm. via like, a, you know, via a, an ad unit, mm-hmm. then I really have to understand what would, what you just choose of your own free will to interact with and mm-hmm. stick with in some way. And Thank then you. users are, are also their own media channels, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, they're media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have a network of 2000 friends and you're <laughs> choosing what you're going to share and how you're going to share it. It's mm-hmm. up to you, and so I kind of have to earn your decision to like share or advocate something as well. Mm-hmm. One of the themes I realized that, um, that one of the discoveries I have with my podcast is sharing a certain set of information and also discover, to your point, through my social networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, to find out what people are really interested in hearing. So instead of leaving one of uh, the questions towards the end, I think you're one of my favorite people to answer this question is UX really helps solve 
many different types of problems and offer different solutions. We'll get into that. But I believe part of my audience is already thinking that how do I get into UX? So um, twofold. One is someone's fresh out of school, and you mentioned architecture, and I actually realized a lot of my friends、uh, who used to be architects got naturally maneuver their way into UX. And、um, so, well, maybe we'll address that. Like, what is the, the you know the personality type,、um, the set of skills, and what would you seek in that twenty to twenty three year old、um, person to see if there might be a good fit for your team or for someone else's UX team? Definitely. I, I mean, I think that there are like a, a lot of soft skills, and then there's like a set of kind of craft or more hard skills.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I think that、um, I think there's a, a a lot of demand and an opportunity for it, but you know there's a, there's also a lot of、uh, clutter、mm-hmm. and confusion,、uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a, about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.、Um, and uh, I guess uh, I I think of、uh, the core、uh, similarly to uh, uh, Caleb, who、um, you know had the pleasure of being、uh, you know part of、uh, being on the same team <laughs> with、you. Caleb for a long time. <laughs> Uh, so we're referencing back to a previous podcast. You know, Caleb mentioned the the information architecture part of UX, and、uh, definitely I think that's、um, to me、uh, kind of at the heart of it.、Uh, and、uh, the information architecture is you know a, a set of like a way of thinking about information architecture and mapping and spaces.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know that in, involves things like、uh, how are、um, how are parts of an experience、uh, like categorized. Or how are they visualized, and how do you offer people choices, and at what level of、uh, of depth,、mm-hmm. and what is the information that's supportive, and what's interaction that gets them where they need to go,、mm-hmm. and how do they navigate in this space, and how do they understand it as a cohesive product or service, or even、um, you know how does it、um, positively influence their perception of the brand that's offering the product or service. And so the the person trying to、um, work in that space,、um, you know, th- there's a range of just、uh, UX deliverables that like I personally look for in portfolios,、mm-hmm. and um, so um, and it isn't just、um, what we call like comps. It isn't just kind of、um, pixel perfect deliverables, but、mm-hmm. yeah, things like um, um, like uh, wireframes, uh, you know,、uh, annotations, basically、mm-hmm. like a. Black and white, or shades of gray,、mm-hmm. uh, schematics where uh, initially the、um, you know visual, let's say, flair or salesmen are、uh, mm-hmm. on purpose、uh, de-emphasized to go to kind of core ideas,、mm-hmm. um, and um, things like、um, like flow documents that show like where a user is in a series of of steps、mm-hmm. um, that shows kind of like different logic or like interconnections in systems,、mm-hmm. and、um, you know so.、Um, Um, and talking to someone that um, um, from my previous team was、uh, like actual an actual、uh, coming out of an actual architect ba- ac-、mm-hmm. architecture background,、mm-hmm. they had some interesting you know terms from that domain. There was like the the rendering diagram that really、mm-hmm. conjured the whole building、uh-huh. that you were trying to build, and then there were more the like the engineering diagrams or even like the HVAC system.、Mm-hmm. And、um, to my mind,、um, we don't have terms that are that clear. But、uh, you know the final、um, visual design that came from、uh, you know generally created in something like Photoshop, 
maybe Illustrator mm -hmm. that looked pixel perfect. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the rendering, but that's really like an end stage uh, mm -hmm. kind of deliverable often. Up until that run, there was a lot of things that the doc, um, documents and drawings, there were maybe a little more rough and it might even be a sketch mm -hmm. that was uh, like all the uh, kind of um, beneath the iceberg um, thought work that led up to that. Mm -hmm. um, I had the yeah. pleasure, you know, Bob, I had the pleasure to work with many people you've hired uh, on the team I'm <laughs> working on now. I've discovered many interesting learnings as, you know, me as a project manager, one of which is um, I love the fact that the people we ended up interviewing and hiring are really good at storytelling. So in addition to the artifacts and their portfolio, they're able to articulate, you know, as we go through the pages of this is my thinking process. And um, some of them are quite young and they're very comfortable with people. And there's um, one I can recall that, you know, for instance, worked at Apple, very uh, comfortable with dealing with customers. And I think that storytelling process is really important. And I think that is part of soft skills. Um, I also love the fact that you didn't just um, hire people in, into a very specific um, vertical receptor to say you have to come from, um, you have to be an architect, you have to be a designer, you have to be a copywriter. You hired into, um, you know, there's one I can think of is uh, was a software developer. So somebody can say, that's kind of a hodgepodge, but somehow every time I come to you to solve many different problems we're dealing with, you can pinpoint to say, this person is really good with that. And of course, considering their time. Um, why, why do you think you had um, such a vision, which I have to say is very different than many of the other people I met on the leadership team? <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting question, and it does sort of your, relate to your earlier question, like what's what's a good way in? I, so yeah, I, I'm definitely. I guess uh, uh, in terms of um, hiring, um, so I, I am looking for um, you know craft uh, like on the kind of um, deliverables I mentioned, or at least um, a, a strong scent of information that someone would um, be excited about um, those kinds of deliverables and have like the skills to to <laughs> do them. Um, but then there's a set of uh, more like uh, attributes mm -hmm. or uh, qualities that I think are um, really helpful mm -hmm. as a UX person. And I think um, because you're uh, kind of flung into many different situations and have to try and make sense of them, mm -hmm. uh, situations which are not fully framed but um, kind of semi-framed or just completely unframed, <laughs> um, and you're, you're thrust into those situations and then you have to kind of... Uh, like uh, like problem solve and um, like at a, a pretty like rapid pace mm -hmm. and um, and also um, be willing to take the risk of like um, showing someone like a, a rough like sketch or mm -hmm. some rendering of your understanding fed back to them to sort of confirm or advance the project mm -hmm. in a very speculative mm -hmm. or investigatory way mm -hmm. and that's just a kind of straw man deliverable to at least advance the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, because of those um, those realities, then some of the attributes I, I guess that I look for is someone that's like a pretty like really excited to learn and mm -hmm. be constantly learning, mm -hmm. and have kind of built up their own um, ways to like uh, get up learning ramps uh, quickly mm -hmm. and uh, courageously. Mm -hmm. So regardless <laughs> where they're coming from, you know, men or women. I think it was a really long way for me to stay to to say that you are very open-minded. You're a very open-minded leader, and one attribute about you, I'm not sure if you realize that, and it's one of the 
the one of the attributes I, I really love most about you is you somehow help demystify you know, user experience as a domain. Um, so what I mean by that is instead of creating a silo uh, or to say these are the only situations you can approach us, we are the smartest team in the entire agency, right? Look at us. Uh, or shine a, a light on a particular person where in the sake was never yourself but is a domain it's you know for me it's encouraging everybody else around you to learn so um, obviously I think it'll be uh, it's, it's a very truthful statement coming out of me and I really want my audience to hear that um, about you how much you, you really care about your team and you I think you provided and really build a platform to enable them to do their very best and um, to encourage them to continue to learn and help other learning. It, it's, it sounds really trivial to you, and uh, I look at you right now, and you're just like, you know, that's just part of my natural process. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, just thinking about it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, uh, definitely appreciate that, that um, you know, that compliment. Mm -hmm. that, that means a lot, and, you know, that, that means um, a lot, you know, more to me than someone said, oh, I just, I, you know, I really liked that wireframe you're building. It was something that you really, like, enabled the team to contribute at their best or enabled, like, other people to... Um, you know, think about um, things from like a UX perspective, mm -hmm. and um, I guess one one reason that um, you know I, I really um, you know appreciate um, your your comments is that uh, is that if we say that the experience uh, is is not just driven by um, like a UX discipline, but you know ultimately you want a kind of um, uh, a shared vision and some kind of collective ownership of that vision by the team mm -hmm. and really like invariably like the process and the team's ideas are, are kind of what is shaping the experience for the end user mm -hmm. and um, that takes a lot of different disciplines and stakeholders to do then uh, the um, then the UX team or practitioners are really just modeling um, some some ways to uh, think about it that uh, people from other disciplines would uh, kind of, uh, you know, embrace or, or use mm -hmm. from their own lens. Mm -hmm. So I think there are, um, and that's how I try and uh, I aspire to solve some of the contradictions of the idea of a, of a practice for something that should be like broadly owned. Mm -hmm. Like if the customer experience is inclusive, uh, it's really being delivered by the entire team. Mm -hmm. People have a business background, people have an account background, people have a development background, and people have a UX background. Mm -hmm. And UXers are maybe trying to um, like take the best thinking from the team and kind of like harness it mm -hmm. in a direction and provide some vision and perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And um, then um, the way to do that is to uh, like try and uh, be sufficiently like uh, you know open-minded and and bridging and uh, like nimble mm -hmm. that um, you're uh, you're attuned to ideas from outside your own. You're you're not mm -hmm. you're not simply uh, like uh, you're not simply an advocate for your own perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at, at times you might have less of a like a product perspective, like less is what the product you're doing, more of a process perspective. Mm -hmm. So you might say. Well, I'm still forming my perspective <laughs> on what a product should do, but process-wise, I think we need to work more closely together, or people need to work more faster, or mm -hmm. we should be sketching this, or we should be agreeing to the terms by which we're describing these things. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's the kind of, um, I, so I, I try and sort of practice what I preach. 
mm -hmm. looking for people that can also um, kind of do that mm -hmm. in a nimble, like open-minded way, mm -hmm. um, kind of know when they're being um, a, a product advocate versus a process um, advocate, mm -hmm. um, or, um, or at least um, be able to kind of quickly kind of toggle between mm -hmm. roles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Empathy, I think empathy is um, one attribute uh, as you are describing as well, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the things I learned the most from you is empathy not only towards users, but oftentimes towards clients as well. Uh, without mentioning the client's name, I remember working with you on the project, and while all the other UX designers are, um, you know, really overloaded, overworked, and you really stepped up and say, you know, Faye, how can I help? That was a project. Honestly, I probably shouldn't have leveraged someone nearly at your level, your position, and clearly you're also very busy. But you know, as you were discussing wires and the approach with a client, and you were extremely patient, and I think you literally over and, and over and over again provided them with the most friendly one-on-one -on -one UX approach, and the client really appreciated that. On a level, I honestly did not have the, I, did, I couldn't imagine myself having the patience for that. And in my mind, I was getting a little frustrated because I had the preconception to think we're in 2014. Who has not heard of user experience? Who has not seen wireframes? But you had so much empathy for them and in a way that they instantly related to you and hence made the rest of the project. Uh, flow like magic, you know, and um, I just want to call that out and I'm not sure if empathy is something that um, you also consider as part of your practice. It's, um, it's something that you remind your team of as, as well. Oh, th <laughs> thank you. Uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, if we think of uh, like this user experience, uh, you know, these ideas, mm -hmm. Um, then, um, you know, we don't just have like end users of systems or services, but we have uh, like uh, internal users, uh, you know, within a company, employee users that are using As like well. systems like uh, mm -hmm. of the agency and trying to like work well together. Um, like our, our clients are, the, they're users of our process mm -hmm. by which we're trying to like, uh, you know, advocate or deliver or partner and, and mm -hmm. different ways of, of coming at this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, so there's a sort of like meta level, <laughs> like there's this meta thing going on that you're trying to like deliver like a, like end user experience, but like have the actual like working process also like mm -hmm. be a good experience for like everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's pretty hard because that you have a, like a lot of different uh, points of view in the room and like a different mm -hmm. language and different experience that people are like bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's uh, important that, um, you know, there's enough kind of room for people to uh, either um, say what, they, uh, what they're thinking, um, bring their ideas to light, you know, mm -hmm. on a whiteboard if they're so inclined to pick up and sketch something, um, uh, mention, you know, past experiences they have that, that might be uh, relevant, um, you know, or not. If they, they don't want to do that, they really um, just are more comfortable with you, um, like, delivering, and they'll tell you, what's uh, what's working what isn't you know that that's okay too mm -hmm. you know that's um, I realize that you always welcome people to um, provide you with feedback whether it's pe you know people way less experienced than you are or even directly from the client 
and during presentation or even a conversation, um, just like you had mentioned for the UX approach and the philosophy that you promote a two-way conversation, which um, that's one of the key takeaways learning from you. Of course, I welcome more opportunities to continue that journey as well. Um, we'll get to, let me just dive in a little bit more. I have one more question related to UX is what are some of the common UX challenges that you've seen today? And some of that one I observed uh, as I'm learning, I shouldn't be answering my own question. But for instance, one that you had brought, you brought up earlier is um, a lot of the times the problems are not really well defined or not defined at all. I don't know which one is worse, honestly. And how do you insert yourself as part of that solution? And also, it's been tough to have a dedicated UX resource to stay on the course of a project throughout, even though it's an ideal situation. So oftentimes you are challenged with the consequences and repercussions way later on in the project during development or after launching. So I think what I articulate is 5% of the challenges. Um, what have you seen so far and what are some of the quick tips, I guess, um, to kind of overcome that? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Too many. Okay, yeah. Too <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so the, the second part was like, yeah, we had a question about like, like a, a, a process conversation about like, uh, you know, kind of, oh, uh, and then there was the, the nature of the, the, the problem that uh, that one's trying to work on. Yeah, I mean, to my mind, generally, um, in um, uh, in something that maybe is uh, what you might think of as like a big UX or just start to be more like design thinking, mm-hmm. uh, there's an issue of uh, like the uh, framed versus unframed like challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think that the things that, uh, uh, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's clearly like a like a briefed in situation or not, um, I think that oftentimes uh, like a uh, like an unframed opportunity arrives in a framed package, mm-hmm. um, and then a um, um, and then something that is a um, actually like framed uh, like a, an opportunity to framing arrives in an unframed package. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's kind of um, you have to be uh, kind of open to the idea that um, something that looks like one could really be uh, another. <laughs> um, and um, it'd probably be good. So uh, it's maybe I'm putting it very abstract, so it'd be good. I'll, I'll try and think of um, like some examples of, of where this is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, um, I think it's important if, if people uh, like raced too quickly to a solution, mm-hmm. either internally or, or externally, to see if more space could be opened up to come at it from uh, different directions mm-hmm. and to allow uh, what you might say is uh, some time for a, like divergent thinking, mm-hmm. if things converge really quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, divergent thinking can um, make people nervous mm-hmm. because they feel it's uh, like messy mm-hmm. and cluttered and they feel it uh, you know, feels kind of like bottomless and we don't know like uh, you know, how or when it will like uh, converge. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the thing that makes it converge is simply like a time pressure, like oh it has to converge by mm-hmm. X. <laughs> um, right. But but mm-hmm. I think also like if if there's a you know there's some UX facilitation then um, even the divergent things uh, you're kind of taking stock, mm-hmm. seeing what's overlap, uh, like outputting some some uh, putting pen to paper mm-hmm. like sooner rather than later 
Um, so there's, there's prematurely, um, you know, kind of convergent thinking that didn't allow like a divergent process mm -hmm. that could kind of like, uh, you know, unframe uh, an overly framed thing or, uh, yeah, that's just kind of a, just about creativity in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, maybe the like excessively like divergent um, thinking when there actually is a clear challenge in place, mm -hmm. the kind of missing the, the, what's at the core of the challenge and actually you need like the solutions to like, um, you know, really move in that direction clearly instead of just like kind of like batting your head against it. Well, that, that can happen too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I feel like a, a lot of that is um, kind of like getting in a, in a flow of uh, like uh, being like uh, flexible, but also like uh, pragmatic mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it possible um, to paint part of the picture? And I think there are, again, consequences and uh, maybe associated, but perhaps there are opportunities where UX could come in and paint part of the picture and leverage uh, several tools or perhaps that's patience and time to tell a story around possibilities and filling the gap. Um, do you think that may be one of the approaches that people could take on? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is um, just, mm -hmm. um, well, well, one thing is like working in um, in like small groups mm -hmm. um, and the group, you know, it, and there may be like, a, you know, it may be like a, a um, there's clearly some like comfort scale of like fruitful group work that's um, like bigger than two and smaller mm -hmm. than 20. It's, it's more <laughs> the, depending on like the people in the room. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea of, um, you know, trying to um, uh, like surface the best ideas, mm -hmm. um, like try and like organize them. Mm -hmm. uh, to my mind, it's different than just an open-ended uh, brainstorm, but it's mm -hmm. trying to bring some structure and some mm -hmm. scaffolding yep. to the situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, in terms of like the facilitation role of mm -hmm. like UX is very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I personally like to kick off projects Mm -hmm. is more of what I'd call like a working session. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are other models that are more um, like kind of waterfallish mm -hmm. to use like a software process term that's more like let's brief everyone in and then we'll all like kind of disperse to our separate corners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that that like as far as like the UX process, that's very helpful. And then if you are going to be the person that is actively like converging the divergent thinking because you're going to, you've had everyone's input and you took stock and then now you're trying to shape it mm -hmm. more as the architect with a product vision mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to put forward your theory, at least for people to like bounce off of or like react to, mm -hmm. um, that also kind of like advances or leapfrogs things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very different um, like approach than, um, you know, uh, simply um, um, more of a like a, a, a solo um, player or practitioner or like a, a someone that's doing maybe like artistic work where it really makes sense for them to just simply um, really uh, you know someone that's like share understanding quickly and then to try and take some architectural work but for the purpose of, of like the, another facilitation mm -hmm. uh, like iteratively or progressively mm -hmm. and, and working like kind of like fast and like um, rough at progressive levels of fidelity. Um, 
So, I, I mean, to go back to your earlier point of, like, UX comes in, like, at a later point, it, you know, it, it's not doing, it's not necessarily enabled to play these roles that I mentioned. It may be more functional than it may be smaller, small UX. <laughs> it may be just like, okay, there's really time to refacilitate, there's time to reframe. It's already really, the idea's already really out there, it really just needs to be, uh, like, polished up. We need to close some gaps or, like, uh, see where it's kind of broken and fix it. Mm-hmm. It's, then it's more really, like, I'm just a practitioner, here's my expert perspective, here's how I do to solve it, mm-hmm. um, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's important too, and mm-hmm. there are plenty of situations where that's exactly the right constrained set of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, tools. I find it very helpful when somebody like yourselves leading a team that uh, you've been working in user experience for a long time, so you're able to offer very, um, very tactical um, solutions, set of tools and resources. Um, to people who are learning from you. I really like that aspect. Um, and you know, in particular, you know, I personally have been very impressed with your facilitation, how you conduct a workshop, and you never frame, um, you never corner yourself into thinking these are the things you've conducted before. I think you challenge yourself as well as, as your team to think outside of the box, find a better box, and to um, be slightly uncomfortable so all of us can continue uh, this learning. We had this very brief conversation right before a agency um, speech. Um, uh, I think it's called a full agency town hall, some sort of. We had this like one minute conversation about your upbringing, and I always assumed that you were a teacher at a previous life of yours. Um, but turns out your parents are professors. I know we're <laughs> doing a hundred eighty mm-hmm. degree dive here. I'm trying to respect your time. We have about ten yeah, minutes left. Yeah, no, no, that, that's good. <laughs> so I was wondering if if it's possible to kind of paint a picture to talk about your upbringing and and perhaps that's related to how you could bring such a set of unique skills, um, empathy to your clients, to your team. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, you know, was interested to hear uh, of this, uh, like, uh, within your previous podcast with, with Caleb, us hearing the, these, like, kind of, like, only child stories, so that was, uh, you know, that's mostly, was mostly, like, my upbringing, although, like, I have stepsister now, but, um, yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, mainly, um, like, an only child, and, yeah, both my parents are college professors, one in um, political science and the other in... Um, in uh, like English Lit and, and Western Civ, so there was a lot of, um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, like academic life, uh, yeah, in, in the air <laughs> growing up and like a lot of like strong uh, perspectives, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, uh, I, I guess definitely the idea of like, you know, going like pretty like deep and broad on a sub- subject and kind of like sharing a perspective on it, mm-hmm. I guess that, that does feel uh, like pretty, uh, you know, natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but, um, so I, I sort of like, uh, you know, at, at different points in my um, like professional journey, kind of tried to give myself a course on random subject X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, and sometimes give yourself a course like on your, you know, now it's more like on your on on a business or on a tool or yeah. So other than UX, yeah. you mentioned the other disciplines. Yeah. What are some of the things um, interest you um, besides UX? Yeah, I mean, I uh, like am a musician and you know a piano player and like uh, you know so definitely like uh, 
you know, improvisation and jazz mm-hmm. and like a, that's really, I think, a really important like influence <laughs> mm-hmm. because, um, you know, obviously there's, uh, especially if you're just like improvising music like on the fly, mm-hmm. um, whether you're doing it like privately or publicly, you know, you're pretty open to like where it might lead. And you're kind of comfortable just like, uh, oh, I'll sit down and I'll play a song. So that's kind of comfortable, like, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, you know, so it's sort of a certain comfort level with like performance or inspiring people to kind of like improvise and feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, there's a certain uh, aspect of like discipline or practice um, that maybe that wasn't always my strongest suit, like as a piano player. Um, but, um, you know, I think, um, or like exploration, like making something, like exploring through making or making through exploring. And uh, yeah, and I mean, piano, it can be, uh, you know, it can be like a lead instrument or it can be supportive, like mm-hmm. in a group, it can be laying down the structure, um, you know, mm-hmm. or, and it can uh, kind of listen and respond to things. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I think that's, uh, yeah, an, an important one. And, uh, and and writing definitely as well, you know, um, you know, was doing, I don't know, interested in like uh, public speaking and writing and, and was a, like a newspaper reporter and, um, you know, sort of trying to quickly learn things and then like, uh, you know, output these, uh, you know, these reports about things like, you know, rapid fire to kind of synthesize information, uh, put it in a way that can be useful to someone like mm-hmm. in their everyday lives and, you know, small ways. So, um, and then, so I, I kind of, the, the music and the writing, because I, I still, the, and sort of the rhetoric, you know, mm-hmm. thinking of, like, an experience uh, is also, you know, it, it kind of says things that can be mm-hmm. summarized. Um, visuals, you know, say things, interactions say things, maybe not in words, but in other ways, and it's possible to articulate what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. That can help people understand what the idea is. That's mega important, and... One of the things I love about this podcast is one excuse is to visit all my friends, to see them again, right? <laughs> we're not working together anymore. And the second is to completely rediscover a person. And I honestly do not know any of this, and I'm sure they're not front and center on your um, LinkedIn profile either. So I <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> to respect your time, we have just a few minutes yeah. left. I want to get a sense for or have the audience get a sense for the next big or small project you're taking on. And um, if you can think of any, do you mind yeah. maybe, that's answering a question for you, sorry. Um, I, you know, in the hallway just now, we talked about work bar. And, um, and perhaps that's something, that's what you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, well, uh, like as I mentioned, I'm, I'm in a, a, a new job here, a new, new chapter, which is really uh, exciting. And um, it's kind of like a hybrid, uh, you know, creative director, UX director position. That, that's pretty exciting, too, for me to think about, like, what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, like, kind of bridging between, like, storytelling and, like, utility. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on at the agency. We have, like, a new kind of, like, makerspace and... Um, other folks here, I, I just I just showed up. They, they put this in motion, but um, mm-hmm. this um, this uh, thing called uh, Wonder Bar that's going to open up space within the agency for some startups to kind of uh, kind of work here on their projects. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, really see how you know we might be able to um, you know help them mm-hmm. um, uh, primarily with the space, but you know maybe with some some ideas or mm-hmm. um, brainstorm sessions mm-hmm. and uh, kind of um, you know uh, really connect the agency to startup world through like uh, osmosis. And they can tap right into a resource like yourself. What a how wonderful <laughs> is that? <laughs> So this is great. Any anything else you'd like to discuss? 
Yeah, no, I guess, uh, you know, I, I just want, maybe want to come back to your question of like a young person trying to get into UX, and, and I don't feel like I, I gave that one, um, I, don't, I don't know if I, I did that one uh, justice, um, because of, like it's a hard question because people kind of stumble into it, mm-hmm. and um, it's hard to find programs that really seem um, to sort of... Um, that really seem to like advance like all the different skills, mm-hmm. um, other than um, things like you know human computer interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a lot of people have stumbled into it and kind of like um, you know actively like made themselves into UXers mm-hmm. um, without you know necessarily training. Just because there's like amazing like range of resources and like thinkers out there like online mm-hmm. or like web courses like through Lynda.com on like the tooling. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty you know bustling. Um, you know UX like industry there's UX meetups here in Boston and other like major like metropolitan areas mm-hmm. and there's trying to be like UX boot camps mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah I don't know I mean I, I think it's maybe I can you know give you some some starter resources like uh, like offline oh, you could share do. with this and that's probably easier than, than just talking them through is just point people to some good links and some good people to help get started that would be great as you see that I create a web page um, a story for every um, podcast there is. So for Kayla, for Josh Green, and um, to my audience, we include all the links within so they don't have to take notes. Um, last question, how do people find or follow you on the internet? Uh, <laughs> good question. Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm on on LinkedIn. If you Google, uh, you know, uh, Bob Goodman and uh, UX, uh, you know, and maybe Boston, you're, you're, you're bound to find me. Uh, kind of like carve that out, and um, yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's uh, Bob like underscore Goodman, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I have a, a not very active blog at all. Uh, <laughs> we'll get back to it. It's called uxculture.com. Mm-hmm. That's another way to find me. But uh, uh, apologies for it being a bit uh, like outdated. But uh, yeah, there's some stuff there, Great. and uh, those are some of the ways. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for really uh, for doing this, Faye, and for offering this uh, really ser- amazing service to people that are uh, thinking about, uh, you know, digital experience and like uh, their career or their work life. It's uh, really, really valuable. And Great, thank you, Bob, for your time. Thank you so much. To listen to more episodes of the Face World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit faceworld.com. That is F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, where you can find show notes, links, other tools, and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at FaceWorld. Until next time, thanks for listening.